Gone is a podcast about people who have gone missing from the United States and Canada. These people are daughters, sons, sisters, and aunties. They didn't just disappear. Someone, somewhere, knows something. My name is Janelle Feller. And I'm Katie Norby. These are the stories of Janita Gay Seitz and Linda Anger. On February 21st, 2006, police did a welfare check on Janita Gay Seitz. She had not been seen by her family since October 5th, 2005. Janita lived in an apartment on West Las Vegas Drive with her husband of 18 years, William Seitz, who was 69. William reported that Janita had returned to California where they had lived before moving to Las Vegas in 2004. The officers did not enter the apartment. In 2004, Janita had reconnected with a daughter that she had placed up for adoption as an infant. Michelle Perkins was an investment worker outside of Lexington, Kentucky. She was married and had a son and daughter. Michelle and her mother spoke regularly, and Michelle last spoke to her mother in September of 2005. Michelle and Janita had not had the chance to meet each other in person. When Michelle heard the story that William had told police, she became concerned and filed a missing persons report. William was a suspect from the beginning of the investigation. When investigators searched the site's apartment, they found blood stains in Janita's pets, cell phone, and driver's license. Investigators found that William had started to date another woman in December 2005. In July 2006, he told his girlfriend that he had killed Janita. She kept this to herself for about two months before reporting it to authorities. The authorities interviewed William four times. During the first interview, he claimed that Janita had moved to California alone. At the second interview, he said that Janita had left William for another man. During the third interview, he said that Janita was deceased. He claimed that Janita had threatened him with a knife, and he hit or pushed Janita in self-defense, causing her death. At the fourth interview, he admitted to murder, stating that he had beaten Janita to death with a hammer in October 2005. He said that he had left her body in the recliner for three days. Then he used her credit card to buy a hacksaw from Home Depot. He dismembered her body and disposed of body parts while walking their dog, Molly. In October 2006, William was arrested for the murder of Janita Seitz. He admitted to causing Janita's death and concealing her body, but he continued to maintain that it was all in self-defense. In September 2007, William pleaded guilty to second-degree murder, destroying evidence, theft of $2,500 of Janita's Social Security benefits. He was sentenced to 10 to 25 years in prison. William died in prison in August of 2019. Janita Seitz had been a Bank of America executive, but retired on disability prior to her disappearance. She spent most of her waking hours in a wheelchair because of back, leg, and hip injuries. Janita Gay Seitz was 60 when she disappeared in 2005. She would be 75 years old today. She is a Caucasian female with blonde hair and green eyes. She stands five foot six and weighed 165 pounds. If you know anything about the disappearance of Janita Gay Seitz, contact the Las Vegas Metro Police Department at 702-229-3716. I'm surprised that law enforcement didn't insist on seeing Janita. 
when they went for a welfare check in February. Or talking to her or... Right. Um, or something. Right. But it, it's a little... So, so it's a little concerning, but that's what, that's what happened is they, 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 they talked to him. He said that she had, she had moved back to California and um, then they reported that to her daughter, Michelle, who, after hearing that, you know, seemed it, it was concerning. Right. And so she, um, she reported her as a missing person. But I suppose it's just a welfare check, but... Um, and I'm not familiar with what they do at welfare checks. Yeah. I have no clue, especially for an adult. Right. Um, it's just surprising that to be called on a welfare check to not insist on... Even hearing her, you know, hearing her talk, or you know, or reaching out to her somehow. But I mean, at that point, if if she hadn't been heard from since October, it was now February. I mean, at that point, she probably wasn't there. Right. You know. I mean, it wouldn't have made a difference. It wouldn't but, have made a difference. Yeah. At, at least in that sense. Right. Um, and they didn't have any reason to suspect anything else. Right. But the missing persons report went out, and then they had then they had to act on that, which caused the, you know, caused the additional three interviews with, with William Seitz. And at the time, he was 69 years old at the first interview, and he just, every interview, he just revealed more and more information, and, um, you know, he, he put the nails in his own coffin. Right. Well, and she was in a wheelchair. I mean, self-defense... It's not it's, a very it's yeah. not a very strong argument. I mean, I, I suppose it could happen, but it just doesn't seem very plausible. Right. She had, um, I think she had a bad uh, hip surgery or a hip surgery that had gone bad, and 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 it caused these additional issues that meant that she spent her waking hours in a wheelchair. Sure. So, a healthy adult man should should not be threatened by somebody who is is really not able to walk. Right. Right. Um, so, but um, he insisted, and, and it, it remained that way until his death. Yeah. That it was all in self-defense. It's hard for me to, they had been married for 18 years, and there had been some, there had been issues, but nothing terribly serious. But I don't understand, and I guess I'm grateful, <laughs> I don't understand how you could get that angry, that anything over somebody that you you've spent 18 years with and to become that upset i i don't understand that i don't understand how you could then let them be dead in a chair for three days physically dismember them i just it's just beyond i don't understand how that could be done right it's i don't even there aren't even words yeah for I don't even... Well, and it, it's interesting because she, did she just start getting disability? I I think that they had moved to Las Vegas like in 2004, and I think that it, it, it appeared as if she had maybe retired recently. Okay. That she had retired recently, and... Um, um, but she had been in a, in a, a high-up position and had... It was this this injury or this this hip surgery that went bad that had caused her to that had caused caused a disability that caused her to retire early. Sure. And so was it, you know, motivated by the disability, by the new girlfriend? 
Well, the girlfriend came. I Both. think. I think the girlfriend came after he had afterward. Okay. But but I would say that, um, he had a job during this time, which I would not. I would assume that he had a a different job during his working life. Um, but during this time, he was a complaint runner for the the newspaper that later reported the murder of this. Oh gosh. Um, but so when somebody didn't receive their newspaper or it had been the newspaper had been damaged or stolen or whatever, he ran the newspapers out sure. to them. And um the uh but I didn't talk about what his his life had been like what his work life had been. Um but you would think that there would have been plenty of money right within their household to maintain living expenses it's just and and at that age in 60 and if, i think she was she was 60 and he was 69 that that life should be settling into an interesting and interesting um rhythm right more relaxed more relaxed yeah not working yeah so he wasn't a very good liar or I guess, really, and he wasn't really a very good criminal. Right. Well, and, and nobody, there was never bought any body found. There was never... No, it... it, it they couldn't confirm that there were body parts or no, whatever his because story it had was. been months. It had sure. been months that had gone by, and he, he, he said that he had dismembered the body and uh, thrown the body into the garbage um, while walking his dog, Molly. Sure. And so, so he had, in somebody else's garbage or, or some or in, in parts and pieces in small sure. batches okay. and and um had had disposed of it that way. Sure. So there there it will never be found. Right. Um she'll never be found and 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 now he's gone. But yeah, kind of it was kind of sad that the daughter who they had connected but they hadn't actually had the chance to meet. Right. Right. And uh um, yeah, and what, what was the, what was the cause of this outburst of anger on his part? What caused that? I mean, it ha would have to be an incredible amount of anger. Right. Um, but I guess it's good that you don't understand because if you did, it would probably be scare you. Right. It would probably be really scary to, to understand. To really understand, so. Linda Anger was starting over in 1993. Her and her two boys, aged 11 and 13, had been living in, in Arizona, but she wanted to give them a better life. She moved in with her ex-husband and father of the children, Dennis Anger, and his new wife in Rochester, Minnesota. She was in the process of finding a home for her and the boys to live. On May 7, 1993, her children reported seeing her at the house around 7.30 a.m., Dennis said he dropped Linda off for a scheduled appointment at social services at the Olmstead County Courthouse at 8 a.m. Linda was never seen again. When Linda didn't show up for work the next day, she was reported missing. It's unclear if Linda even had an appointment that morning. No one saw her in the courthouse parking lot or in the building. Within three days of her disappearance, Dennis and his wife cleaned out Linda's room in their home. So she wasn't reported missing until she didn't show up for work the next day. Right. So when she didn't show up for work that night at the home, nothing was reported. 
I guess no not. concerns. I guess not. That's that's unusual. Yeah. Olmstead County Sergeant Lee Rossman was the deputy that filed Linda's missing persons report in 1993. He told Rochester's KCC TV in February of this year that the ex-husband gave Linda a ride to the courthouse but didn't know where she went after or where she might have been. He went on to say, quote, the people at the office say they never saw her there. Of course, you know, that's a big red flag. He says he dropped her off in the parking lot. That parking lot is very small, and she didn't show up in that office, so something there wasn't the truth, unquote. Sergeant Rossman also noted that both Dennis and his wife appeared nervous when they were questioned about Linda's disappearance. One of their sons was asked what he thought happened to his mom, and he answered that he thought his father had something to do with it. Dennis Anger passed away in 2007 without being charged in Linda's disappearance. Wait, wait. After 14 years? Right. He wasn't... He was always a person of interest, but he was never charged in her disappearance. He was the last person to see her. Right. He, right. Had, he had reason to benefit from her, her death. Mm-hmm. Um, in that, in that he could he could gain sole custody of his of the children and wouldn't have to pay child support. Right. I mean, you have to pay living expenses, but right. which is a different kind. But um, yeah, it's just it's such an injustice. It's just such an injustice. But you know what? It threw threw off the the probably sus- suspicion would be is that he let her move in with him and his new wife mm-hmm. for any period of time. Right. That's. Unusual. Right, right. Linda was dedicated to her children, and she never mentioned wanting to leave or wanting to harm herself. Linda Anger was last seen on May 7th, 1993, in Rochester, Minnesota. She was 40 years old when she disappeared. She would be 67 this year. She is described as Caucasian, 5'8", and 130 pounds. She has brown hair and green eyes. She was last seen wearing a maroon or gray ski jacket, maroon or, or purple Levi's jeans, and white sneakers. She was carrying a pink cigarette case. She wears glasses. If you have any information about the disappearance and or whereabouts of Linda Anger, please call the Olmstead County Sheriff's Department at 507-285-8308. So this story, this is literally all that there is on this story, and it's been kind of on my list for a while just because it's just such an injustice that they're nothing. I mean, she's literally just gone without a trace, and this is her story. This is it. That's all that there is. Uh, what she was wearing that day was distinct. Right. I mean, this is 1993, which is... Right. And, but but distinct. Mm-hmm. You would have noticed her. She's five foot eight, 103 pounds, yeah. had uh, purple or, or maroon Levi's on, mm-hmm. um... And when you see a picture of her, she's very distinct looking. Mm-hmm. She, her facial features are very distinct. You would notice if you saw her. Right. And, but probably in 1993, there wasn't a lot of security cameras, like on parking lots right. or things like that, especially at the courthouse. Now there probably is. Right. But um, it, it appears as if the only people that would benefit from her disappearance would be the ex-husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those boys now are 25, 26. Yeah. And the only parent they have left is his stepmom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I want to say one of the sons asked the stepmom 
um, if she knew anything or, or had any information about it, and, and she denied knowing anything mm-hmm. about it. But one and, thing, and maybe she really didn't. Right. She honestly she, maybe didn't. But it's it's suspicious that they cleaned out her room within three days. I mean, if, if you were the ex-wife and you helped do that, there'd be some questions, you know, what, where, what are we doing with her stuff? Like, where is she not coming back? Like, right. Three days for anybody, right. I think. Right. And also, it, the um, turnaround had been so very quick. Um that that she just moved in um and i couldn't find an exact date when they moved in one of the sons said that they moved in in the winter okay so maybe within a few months okay or so i mean winter in minnesota it could go till march may (laughs) (laughs) right april um um, huh it's just really sad i mean it's just it is sad this is all that there is about her and anybody that knows anything isn't isn't around anymore yeah. to talk about it. And the, the, the behavior of the I think that I think that it's not unusual, I think that the that the ex husband and his wife would appear to be nervous when talking about it because they would be the prime suspects. It always. Right. And that would be I, that doesn't that isn't concerning to me, but clearing out a room in three days, um, not reporting her missing, first of all. Right. First first would be mm-hmm. Um, that that would be very suspicious and, yeah. and um, without a body there is no crime yeah. and that's that sucks I hate that we ask that you do not reach out to the families or post names of possible suspects on social media missing person photos along with information and articles used for these cases can be found on our website at gone-podcast.com I have for you uh, some classic movie quote movie quotes. Okay. So I don't know all these quotes, hmm. uh, so it'll be interesting. That's the way it crumbles, cookie wise. C.C. Baxter was Jack Lemon. Jack Lemon in the apartment. Oh, I like Jack Lemon. I do too. Make no mistake, I shall regret the absence of your keen mind. Unfortunately. It is separable from the extremely disturbing body. Professor Be- um, Bertram Potts, Gary Cooper, to Sugarpuss O'Shea, Barbara Stanwyck, in Ball of Fire. I've never heard of that. Ever. <laughs> Ever heard of it. You've heard of this one. I am Spartacus. Antonius, Tony uh, Curtis, and others in Spartacus in 1960. I've never seen that movie. Uh, I don't know that I've seen the movie, but... I- I've heard it, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you'll know this one. Feed me. <laughs> Audrey Jr. in the the plant in the Little Shop of Horrors in 1960. I've never watched that either. You've never seen or or seen the play or anything. I know I haven't. Oh my, yeah. Well, it's. <laughs> um, I never knew fear until I kissed Becky, Miles Bennell, um... Kevin McCarthy and the Invasion of Body Snatchers in 1956. This is a terrible one. I can't. This isn't a good. This isn't a good thing because I don't know. 
I don't know. Um, um, mm-hmm. I don't know any of these things. Um, Lordy, we have to have a doctor. I don't know nothing about birthing babies. Chrissy, <laughs> Butterfly McQueen in Gone with the Wind. Oh, I, I don't know that I've ever seen Gone with the Wind. Oh, it's such a good one. My name is Inigo Mentoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. That's a good one. <laughs> Mandy uh, Pantik Pet Mandy Patinkin. Patinkin. <laughs> In the Princess Bride, which is my favorite movie. That's a good one. Um, uh, it's amazing when I start looking at this. Uh, I really there's a lot of classics that I haven't seen, the, uh, movies that I haven't seen, like Rebel Without a Cause. Um, I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Hal, in 2001, The Space Odyssey. <laughs> that was my robot voice. Can you tell? I was making a robot face. Um, um, I was making my robot face. I got it. <laughs> um, I don't use a pen. I write with a goose quill dipped in venom. Waldo Lidecker, Clifton Webb, in Laura. Oh, I thought that was a good quote. <laughs> a goose quill dipped in pen and venom. Oops, Sorry, yeah. a goose quill dipped in venom. Um, you're not too smart, are you? I like that in a man. Maddie Walker, <laughs> Kathleen Turner, and Body Heat. <laughs> you're not too smart, are you? I like that in a man. Um, Sir Wilford, you've forgotten your brandy. Miss Plimsoll, Elsa Lan- Lanchester in The Witness for Prosecution. I steal. Paul Muni's haunting final line in I'm a Fugitive from the, ga- from the Chain Gang. Fat man, you shoot a great game of pool. Fast Eddie, Paul Newman in The Hustler. Hmm. Um, I did just see that. Did you? I've yeah. never seen it. It is, you know, the when you go back and look at some of the classics... Um, the, the whole rhythm and speed of things is a whole different thing, but sure. I think maybe, maybe now it's easier to appreciate them, um, because they are so very different. They are so very different. So, um, you know, you've got the brain of a four-year-old child and I bet that he's glad to get rid of it. <laughs> Professor Wagstaff, <laughs> Groucho Marx in Horse Feathers. Have you ever even heard of that movie? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> when it comes, I won't even notice. I'll be too busy looking good. Uh, Williams, Jim Kelly, on the subject of defeat in Enter the Dragon. I've heard of the movie, but I've never, never seen it. <laughs> Alone, bad. Friend, good. <laughs> the monster, Boris Karloff, in The Bride of Frankenstein. Oh. So this is this is totally not even connected. But I played, um, I played a uh, a part in the the um, play called I won't be able to tell you Frankenstein. No. Oh. Uh, B- Boris Karloff. There was. Uh, I mean, it's a good story, and I'm not going to be able to tell you because I can't remember, because I got the brain, the memory of it, the gnat. Um, not Frankenstein? <laughs> <laughs> these, are, these are terrible. 
Um, <laughs> that was a that was a distraction for this week. That was a a terrible distraction. <laughs> it was distracting because it was so terrible. No, it wasn't. It wasn't terrible. My this my distraction this week are twenty things, and there's not all twenty that absolutely terrified millennial children that are actually completely harmless. So these aren't just millennial children. Because I don't really consider myself a millennial. Are, are you technically? Well, I think that I am. I can never remember when that timeline is. So? I can never remember it. But I don't feel like I'm a millennial. That is I feel old. Er. <laughs> <laughs> millennial. What's, well, is technically. It gen, gen X? I feel gen like X. I'm Gen X. What, I'm a Gen X. Oh, okay. Because I'm, I'm... Right? I can't remember. Yes, because I think that Gen X is actually a very small period okay. of time. Is actually not a very big Is it Gen Z right now? Or Y. Or okay. Maybe I am millennial. I no, I think you're millennial. And and you can choose you can say that I don't want to be, but it doesn't change the fact <laughs> because it's just it's, it, it, and I would say that that it's just a period of time in which you were born. Right. And these are similar attributes that this generation has. Not all people have these. Right. And they are they are stereotypes. They are stereotypes. So sometimes stereotypes are based on fact and they they right. are true for a, a percentage. I feel like the millennial stereotype is younger than I am. Like I feel like it's on the younger end of where I'm at. Like, you know what I mean? That that time period, I feel like it's on the younger I feel like I'm old or if that I don't know. I just So you're these, a ma- mature millennial? Uh, right. Right. Okay. Well, this I've is always what I tell that. myself. That's I've always thought that. I I really not, but this is what I get through the day with. I'm a very immature Gen <laughs> though I am at the top of the age. Sure. Span. Sure. I graduated in '01, so that would of course make me a millennial. Oh, good. It would God. make me a millennial. I. Uh, it's when you're born. The year you were born. That that's what that's what sure. determines it. And so. Yeah, I'm Probably. very. I'm very close to being a boomer because I was born in. 1968 oh. so so it's just that's like one of the first years of Gen X I sure but sure it's and it's interesting because when you look at some of the generations like that um the greatest generation the boomers some of those generations are huge yeah they are and some are very small and mm-hmm. this and Gen X is very small yeah. millennial is is bigger it is bigger it is a bigger and then then like I think that like I'm not sure if it's Z or Y is yeah. also very small. Mm-hmm. It's just a short, a few. It's not a lot of number of years that yeah. it's considered that. It's interesting. Yeah. So I don't think that these are just millennial fears, because uh, they're relatable. Right. I feel like to anybody. Sure. Except for people now. Sure. You know what I mean. You sound like a defensive. I, I am. <laughs> a mature but defensive millennial. <laughs> So did anyone else go through a phase as a kid where you were genuinely concerned about the Bermuda Triangle? Yes. Really? Yes. I thought that it was going to be a bigger deal than it actually is. <laughs> but the Bermuda Triangle has been around forever. Forever. I don't know. Oh. Did anyone else believe as a kid that they go to prison or arrested if they rip the tag off of a pillow or a mattress? <laughs> <laughs> really? I don't think I believe that, but it's just funny. It's funny. I mean, I can say that I probably didn't for at, at those at, at my younger ages. Yeah. I wouldn't have ripped it off. No, I would have left it on. Yeah. So that darn thing is sticking out there like a flag in the wind. Well, it's it's easier to tell which side of the pillow is the good side if you leave the tag on. There's a good side. Yeah, whatever feels better when you're sleeping. So if the tag is pointing this way and it's good, then you don't want it pointing this way. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. 
You, it you works. Look it works. Millennials are so fussy. <laughs> <laughs> Did anyone else genuinely believe as a kid that if you swallowed a watermelon seed, you'd grow one in your stomach? I don't think that's only millennials. No, I don't think so either. Did anyone else think as as a kid that quicksand was going to be a much more prevalent issue in your life? <laughs> you really, yes. really, for as often as, as it shows up in movies, you would think. Right. Right. You would think. Have you ever Under. run into quicksand? No, I Not never. lived in Minnesota. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe I mean, it's an I issue that, in the southern states. But. I think that, that, that you know, our swamp, our bog, oh, sure. our bogs mm-hmm. could be considered quicksandy-ish. Right. However, just getting to a place that would suck you in would be really hard work. It would be. And would more be. work than most Especially ones. as a kid. Right, yeah. right. And it is in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> Why did my mom make me think that it was illegal to turn a light on in the car while you were driving? Because <laughs> she told you that. She told you that. It's, a, it's illegal. Don't to drive? Do don't do that. You'll yep. get us arrested. Mm-hmm. It's, that's why. It's because your mother lied to you. <laughs> I still do that to my child, though. Oh my I don't think God. I tell them it's illegal. It's actually just really hard to see. I mean, that's what it comes down to. It's hard for me to see at nighttime if the light is, you know, depending right. on where you're driving, I suppose. Right. I don't, I've never told my child that it's illegal. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. When you turn off the basement lights and run upstairs before the demon catches you? Every still single person. I ever. still. Really? No. <laughs> a whole handful of laundry. Um, no, my, my basement lights are at the top of the stairs, so I never have to go up the stairs in the dark. Oh. So that, I think that that makes a difference. Right, right. And at, at my, my basement stairs, there's one at the bottom and one at the top. Sure. But... but um, I, uh, our basement, I never lived in a house with a scary basement mm. or that a basement that scared me. Oh, okay. My, well, that's good. My parents' basement is, I mean, it should scare you. I mean, it's an original foundation, a hundred year old house. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, it was, it's rock. So sure. it's rock and, and mortar and, you know. Well, I feel like the more rooms a basement has, the more twists and turns a basement has, I feel like the more creepier it is. Well, this is, I mean, this is, this is, so this is, um, dirt, rock mortar sure original um and it is completely unfinished sure so it, i mean uh, wood or uh sorry um dirt floor sure in in, in parts of it still yeah. wow um, but yeah it should creep the crap out of you it but should <laughs> it did my little sisters yeah because i would have to carry one on each hip sure come home from college and we'd have to go down and get something and we'd have to have to they were both little it's a good thing but yeah. they go down and they'd hold on and they'd hold on while I carried up the water or something sure. and um <laughs> couldn't go down they couldn't go down but they could I could I could back it was a donkey I was a donkey I was a pack mule <laughs> now that I think about it they're all adults have children of their own but <laughs> and they're probably doing that for their children they will be yeah yeah, yeah. I was really concerned about meteors when I was younger. I thought they'd be a bigger problem than they turned out to be. They really aren't a problem. They were. They can be. I suppose they can be. You just thought they'd happen more often? I guess that so. you should be concerned about it? Yeah. You're like, it's... I suppose like in the movies, right. you know, right. the world is going to end, the meteor is coming. Right. I don't know. You know, uh, there'd be a lot less mental illness if we had a lot less <laughs> movies. Because honestly... Really? Honestly. Yes. Tornadoes, anything. I mean, snark, shark... Tornadoes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you would have a lot less anxiety. You would. If they didn't keep giving you ideas. Right. Terrible ideas. Terrible, scary ideas. As a kid, I thought booby traps were going to be a way bigger problem than they turned out to be. 
Really? The right. Goonies. Right. Absolutely. Right. Never. I've never, not once, ever run into a booby trap. Ever. I have run into... <laughs> I have run into spider webs. Yes. And acted as if it was a booby trap, but <laughs> at, uh, kung fu fighting. Right. Yeah. Oh. Right. And heart rates. But all. not like actual booby no, traps. No, not that not actually in danger. Up. Not in danger yeah. at all. But um, it's just very interesting the things that we were concerned about. Yeah. Do parents still tell their kids your face is going to get stuck that way yes, when they, they make do. ugly faces? Yes, they do. <laughs> or was that only used to traumatize our generation? No. All generations. All generations. Yeah, did you do that to your son? I don't anymore, but I think I did. Yeah. As a joke, obviously. Uh, not oh, serious. oh, no. I, I think my oh, parents really? were... Oh, yeah. Oh. He went around cross-eyed. I mean, I think that really... <laughs> be, because when there was four of us, and we were six years from, you know, between the oldest and the youngest, and so if one did, they all did it. Of course. And uh, so running around cross-eyed, trying to be cross-eyed. Yeah. And, um, yeah, nobody wants to look at that. Right. So this that brings me to my next one. Did anyone else's parents used to tell them if you cross your eyes too long, they'll get stuck like that? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. All generations. All generations, I think. Did anyone else believe that gum would stay in your stomach for seven years if you swallowed it? What? It doesn't? I know. It doesn't. Really? No. Where does it go? Right out. Just like food. Really? I know. How come I was so worried about These it? big myths. I still think I'm I feel like it was gum. made up by parents who didn't want you chewing gum. Because then if you accidentally swallowed it. I, I, the swallowing of the gum never, ever caused me an issue. Not swallowing the gum caused me issues. Sure. You would get in my hair. Oh. You and I have, I have, <laughs> I have a lot of hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's curly. And, you know, it's always going to get stuck. In the front. <laughs> right, not an inconspicuous no, place. No, no, right, right, right in the front, in the middle, and right. it's going to be, yeah, yeah, no. In the I middle was, of the I bangs. only ever had problems when I didn't swallow the gum. <laughs> it only gave me problems then. <laughs> Who else believed that the moon tried to keep up with you um, in the car when you were a kid? I used to believe that. Well, because it's always there. You're just watching it. It's come, It's just it's right following. next to you the it's whole following. way. The whole way? <laughs> Did anyone else, as a kid, believe that when you got older, you would have to write in cursive all the time? <laughs> and it's not true. It's not. Not for maybe. I mean, I think that. So I know you. We work together. Mm-hmm. You write in cursive a lot. You write your stories out by hand. Right. My my handwriting is a mix between printing and cursive. It's kind of a. It's just kind of a a mix of both. Really? Yeah, but I don't usually just write in cursive or just print. I don't believe you. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) I don't believe you. How can you you write in uh, print and cursive at the same time? Well, I feel like it depends on the letter. What kind of madness is that? Now, it's one thing to separate the letters as you would in printing. Right. It's another to, but are are your printed... Letters in cursive? I mean, are your... So... So, like, it depends. So, if I'm making, like, a T and an I next to each other, they'll be connected. Like, a T and I amini together, they'll be connected. It, it just depends on what the letter is and what's... So, but, but would you... Do you print a T? If you had something that was separate, like the word McFly, where you have a capital F, so... The L your, and the Y would be connected. The L and the Y be, would be connected. Mm-hmm. The capital F, would that be a printed capital yes. F? Yes. 
what kind of madness is this? I don't know. But I always thought as a child that I had to learn cursive because as an adult, you could only write in cursive. Can I like just was... say that there, I, that I think it's sad that cursive isn't taught. I know. Because actually, and, and I'm 52, so I've got, I'm, I'm, it, it may be specific to my age or the fact that I'm very, very comfortable in writing in cursive, but it brings me joy. Yeah. It brings me joy. I will... I still will uh, write letters, and um, if I, it depends. If I'm writing it to my mom, though, I write it. I print it because she can't read my writing, <laughs> and one of my sisters or brothers has has to has to interpret it for her. Sure. Uh, because apparently, uh, apparently, I'm a little sloppy because I'm a poor speller, which is why you write in cursive and you smush the letters together so that. You leave it open to interpretation. Right. I mean, I, I think it's a creative way. I, I, I like to consider it a creative way of spelling, but really it's just because I'm a poor, I have a, I, I'm a poor speller, and so I just squish everything together. Sure. And, and um, But I, it, it does bring me joy to write in cursive, yeah. and I think it's, it's therapeutic. I think, I think that I can't imagine. Now, I can't imagine, this is a generational thing, but like journaling mm-hmm. on the computer or on... Yeah. Typing it. Yeah. That is just would not be, that would not. It doesn't have the same effect, nope. I feel like. No, nope. it doesn't. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, they I don't I even mean, teach it anymore. I know. Which but is crazy. But it, it's been true to me that, that, that writing cursive is still something I needed to do as an adult and still do. Yeah. And I think it's unfortunate that, that they aren't teaching it because it is a, I, I feel like it's a, a physical expression. And also, I found that it was very useful to be writing um, when I was learning a foreign language. When I learned French, I would take the word. Um, I had to be by myself because I would I would uh, print the word, and I would repeat it. It would sure. be about a full page worth of, and and I would say it as I wrote it. Sure. And but that was part of the way that I learned how to. Um, speak and spell in French um, because I it was it was just it was a little bit OCD but it was over and over and over right and um, it was beneficial to me that in that way but I think it's kind of sad they don't learn how to I do that. I know I know it. Did anyone else think as a kid skunks would be a much more pressing issue? <laughs> yes. Because I think that you I don't know I think that skunks skunks were more prevalent as a kid. Maybe I smell them all the time at my house but I've never actually seen one. And I've got I've got evidence of skunks in my yard. <laughs> no, that's different. That's different. That's I do have evidence of skunks in my yard. What kind of evidence? So they dig. They dig up little ruts. Squirrels do that. Well, squirrels do, but they usually patch it back up. Oh. Um, and it's very distinct. I never knew what it was. I thought that it was deer. Oh. Um. Oh, it's oh, it's kind of big. Well, yeah. I mean, it's. It's maybe the size of your hand. Oh, I mean, it's, really? you know, they, it's just a little rut and there's no rhyme or reason for it. And there's nothing in it and there's, there's nothing, nothing in it. Huh. It's not very deep. And you can smell skunk. And you can smell skunk, but I've never actually seen one. Really? Well, yeah. and it, I, I do feel like as a kid, I, I feel like as a kid, because of the time that I spent outside, that snakes were a bigger problem. Mm-hmm. Um, skunks were a bigger problem. Um, and where I grew up, badgers. Oh, sure. Uh, 
that they were, they, I thought that they would be a problem, you know, my whole life. Well, I don't live on the plains of South Dakota anymore, right. and, and they're not really an issue. I don't run into any snakes, garter snakes or rattlesnakes. Um, yeah. I spent half of my childhood in, also in the Black Hills, and so uh, snakes aren't, aren't an issue. They don't, I don't really right. see any snakes anymore as an adult, and I don't know if it's just because there's so much less time outside. Maybe. I'm not running around barefoot. Maybe, and that a lot of these could be that same thing. Right. Too. Um, I think this is the last one. Yes. Did anyone else think spontaneous human combustion was going to be more of an issue when they were a kid? <laughs> yes. I thought that it was it was a big deal. Can you actually spontaneously well, combust? I don't know that it's actually called spontaneous combustion, but I think that you can. There's something. I feel like there's something. I don't know the actual medical term for it, but I feel like there's something. I have no clue if so it's true. Is that just a way to rationalize your fear? Your lifelong fear of spontaneously combusting? I mean, I have certainly felt like that. <laughs> right. Um, but I, don't, I don't know that it's ever actually... I feel like it's kind of a myth. Or like a... Not a myth. It's kind of like a urban legend, maybe. Oh, like, it's not yeah. really true, but mm-hmm. it's not really not true. Mm-hmm. Like, it's somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. So I have no clue. I have no clue. I've always heard of, you right. know... Like the Bermuda Triangle. Right. Is it real? Right. Is it really a problem? Right. Or is it just... Coincidence. I don't know. I've I've never known anybody to spontaneously combust, but I swear to God, I'm going to go look it up. <laughs> you should. Because no, actually, don't. don't. <laughs> no, you know, don't it's it kind of like that idea. Remember, we we had that. I had that great idea to talk to you once about all um, meat jellos. <laughs> yes. Right. Uh, yeah. Jello, don't look it up. J- dishes that had all gelatin and meat. Right. Because um, I wanted to gross you out, yeah. and I ended up grossing myself out. Yeah. So, yeah, it's probably not a good it's idea. It's probably not. And also, the you know, the weird things that would start showing up on your Facebook page. Oh, yeah. Or your... Uh, your Amazon oh, God, suggestions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It, it would alert... It should alert somebody right. somewhere. Right. It really should. Uh, we ask that you do not reach out to the families or post names of possible suspects on social media. Missing person photos, along with information and articles used for these cases, can be found on our website at gone-podcast.com.